What does it mean to run the damn ball? Man, I never really thought about that question. I'd say to run the damn ball is to just give it, give it your all. You know what I mean? The way, the way it just flows when you say run the damn ball is just like put everything aside, clear your mind, that mental block, and just go for it, man. Pick in the red zone on the first possession. He'll throw it here, trying to set up a screen to the tight end. Past the 45, Brewington into Illinois territory. Brewington past the 30, inside the 20, and down to the 16. Huge play for the Nebraska. Gonna pull two offensive linemen out, and you throw to your tight end. Freezes him, waits, and buys enough time, and hits his open tight end. And how about after the catch? The big six foot seven. All right, y'all. Welcome back to Run the Damn Ball. This is your host, Daniel Magnuson. Uh, we're going to talk about Nebraska's latest game last weekend against Illinois. Now that was uh, five days ago, so we're not going to get too deep into that game because we got Minnesota coming to town this weekend. Um, so we'll talk about what Nebraska needs to improve upon from last week. Also, on top of that, we got you know quarterback situation in Nebraska with Casey Thompson uh, having an injury to, I believe, his uh, right wrist. Um, not specifics given out yet from the coaching staff. So we're going to talk about what Nebraska needs to do at quarterback going into this weekend. Also, there's a lot of college football to cover. Um, there was a fight in Michigan with Michigan and Michigan State's team. Uh, in the tunnel. Now, it was a pretty one-sided fight. We can talk about, like, how that went down. And, you know, college football playoff rankings came out. I'm not going to get too deep into that because it's week 10 that we're coming up on, and a lot's going to change with some of the games that are played. And then on top of that, you know, the Big 12 got a TV deal. That's big. And, uh, you know, it's not, like, a massive deal, but it shows that there's solid conference going forward. And, hey, we'll uh, preview Nebraska-Minnesota also make predictions for, you know, all the big games this weekend in college football. So we'll get into it right now. Um, it's just me today because, uh, one, I didn't find any guests that uh, were able to come on, um, which I kind of like sometimes. Sometimes I just want to like, like do it myself and just talk about certain things. So it's kind of ideal to just do it myself at times. Um, but then again, it is fun having friends come on and other guests talk about everything going on in college football and elsewhere. But yeah, no, we're, we're going to start off with Nebraska now. Obviously, you know, coming off a loss to Illinois, 26-9. to 9, Illinois, a ranked team. Uh, I believe they're number 16 now after the college football playoff rankings came out. Um, they were better than us. It's as simple as that. Like, their line plays better. Their, you know, running game is better. They um, didn't turn it over as much as we did. Um, their defense only allows, like, nine points per game, which is the number one in college football right now. So, they're a better team than we are. I think we had a chance going out. It was second quarter. Casey got hurt, and we were up nine to six. And I thought we had a chance to uh, go win that game. But after Casey got hurt, it looked like the entire offense just deflated after that. Um, you know, it wasn't deflate gate either <laughs> at Tom Brady. No, uh, but yeah. So after that, I mean, Nebraska didn't score another point, and you know, Illinois would go on to win by you know what three scores. So, you know, that, that was how that game went down. 
We can get into the quarterback situation later. I will say I was impressed with how Nebraska's defense held it together uh, in the second half, only allowing six points when their offense, I think, mustered like maybe one or two first downs the entire second half. Um, Nebraska's offense, that is. But, you know, holding Illinois to just six points um, was, was a lot better than if they would have collapsed like the offense did, that we would have seen an absolute blowout, which would have been a bad look going into the Minnesota game um, this weekend, which, you know, it's played here in Lincoln. Big chance for Nebraska to get a home win. And, you know, Nebraska's offense, besides a big play from Chancellor Brewington and also Travis Vokalek, wasn't a whole lot they were doing. I mean, Alante Brown flashed at moments, but Trey Palmer only had like one yard catching. Illinois held us, uh, held our number one receiver, Trey Palmer, to like nothing. So, you know, that's partially on, you know, Casey not being able to find him downfield and, you know, the rest of our offense not, you know, executing well but also I mean, credit Illinois they held him to one yard meanwhile he dropped like 290 nearly 300 on Purdue so kind of kind of interesting how that went down I mean Nebraska's other offensive players got to step up and uh, hopefully we can see more of Elante Brown I think he's one of our better receivers but um, you know it looks like Illinois is likely going to run the table in the west and credit to them they deserve it uh, I actually predicted them to go like seven and five this year which was higher than what most people had and it's an understatement because I believe they're now uh, seven and one. And so really solid football team up there. And they're having their best season since like 2007 or something. So anyway, Brett Bielema's got it rolling there. Now with Nebraska's quarterback situation. So I thought there was no chance, absolutely no chance, Casey is going to play this game or potentially the next one. But, you know, Mickey Joseph, said today you know today's thursday in his press conference he said that um casey practiced yesterday and he wants to play and the decision will probably be made tomorrow which is friday so we could see casey thompson starting at qb for nebraska on saturday now do i want that i'll get into what i think best i'm gonna get pretty opinionated here but um, if Casey is, is available and healthy enough to make the throws he needs to make, uh, that's what I want. He's the best we got. Our, offense, our confidence on offense is just way higher with him. You guys saw that um, last weekend. So anyway, if that's possible, awesome. Let's roll with Casey. But if not, this is, this is my hot take. Probably the biggest one I got today. If we start Chubba Purdy, I don't care how healthy he is. I know that he was he missed some practice time last week, and then that's why they were hesitant to play him until the second half against Illinois. But if we start Chubba Purdy, we're not winning against Minnesota. Because then Mark Wibble's going to think, oh, well, we got Chubba starting. I'm going to throw it 60% of the time or more. And we're not winning throwing that much. We're not. We're not going to beat Minnesota throwing that much. Our offensive tackles are not able to hold up enough if we're throwing 60% of the time. I think that the O-line, look, they get a lot of flack. They've been getting a lot of flack. You guys saw they released their beef jerky uh, NIL thing, and people were flooding the comment sections. Like, and, and it was funny. It was funny the stuff people were saying, but like, they're not the worst in college football, and they're not the worst in Power Five either. If you look at statistically, but they're not good. 
And we're not, we're not beating Minnesota, a good Big Ten team, respectable team, if we're throwing too much. I just don't trust our line. And I don't trust Chuba either because he hasn't proven it. He threw, I think it was one or two picks against Oklahoma. Should have thrown more. They dropped some, like, interceptions that they could have had against us. So, you know, he had one touchdown drive against Oklahoma in garbage time. And then against Illinois, nothing. Nothing worked out. We even got a turnover, a gift, dropped in our defensive defense's lap against Illinois. Quentin Newsom got a fumble recovery. That sh- I mean, it was just luck that the guy just dropped the ball after catching it. The Isaiah Williams did for Illinois. And then, you know, we come out and we throw a pick in the, like, we're inside, like, a 30-yard line. And so we don't even get points in the second half. That was part of it. So it was like, man, I don't trust Chuba. He hasn't shown me anything. I don't care what he did at Florida State. I don't care he was a four-star out of high school. I mean, shoot, Logan Smothers was a four-star out of high school. Like, he hasn't shown me enough. So, and Logan, the thing is, Logan can actually run. Chuba is built like a baseball pitcher. He can kind of run, but like Logan Smothers can actually run and he's going to have to be able to run with our line. Uh, and when he drops back to pass, he's going to have to be able to move around a little bit. And also if we run it 60% of the time and let Anthony Grant develop uh, some big runs, because I mean, he can create for himself. We're going to have a better chance to win on offense, run the damn ball. That's why this, this is the podcast. Nebraska is only a successful team historically when they run the damn ball. You can't refute that. So Yes, also throw throw the tray as much as possible as well. But, like, you just think about it. Would you rather have our tackles, Turner Corcoran or Bryce Benhart, blocking in pass pro or blocking in run game? Think about it. You would rather have them – they're both 300-plus pounds. Regardless of anything, you'd rather have them, from what we've seen, blocking a little bit more than in the run game than pass blocking and that's the I don't know if you can disagree with that so we need to run it a little bit more than we pass sets up the pass as well it could be a windy cold day I mean I think the forecast that it's gonna be high 50s 60s I mean it's been windy all week in Lincoln we're not gonna be able to throw the ball too well I don't think y'all know that okay so we, we are in a windy state right now especially with the seasons switching you know fall to eventually winter here in a few months so it's windy out here um so anyway Start Logan Smothers. If we start Purdy, I don't think we have a single chance to win the game because we're going to throw it too much and we're going to lose. And then we're going to be playing from behind. Purdy and our pass pro is not going to hold up and not going to bring us back. Casey's starting is, you know, then we know what we got, but we got to start Logan if we want a chance to win. That's my hot take. I know I went into that really heavily, but um, we can move on. So the biggest story I thought out of last weekend, just overall, has to be what happened in Ann Arbor, Michigan. By the way, I'm probably going to the Michigan game um, in two weekends in Ann Arbor. I got offered a ticket to go to the game for free. So it looks like I'm rolling out there um, with uh, No Block, No Rock podcast guys. Um, so that, that should be happening. We'll, I'll let y'all know next week, but um, that'll be fun. And on top of that, also got to give a quick shout out before we move on to Michigan, Michigan State drama. Quick shout out to Reactor Coffee. I just got coffee there about two hours ago here in Lincoln, Nebraska. 2124 Y Street. They do a great job. Uh, Megan, Holly, all of them holding it down. So, yeah. But anyway, Michigan, Michigan State now. So, Michigan wins 29 to 7. They kick like five field goals, just controlled the whole game, right? They don't have the best red zone offense, but they're way better than Michigan State on the field and off the field because off the field, 
Michigan State decides that um, they can't just go to the locker room and accept their loss. Now, I don't know what would trash talk happen on the field. It doesn't matter. Okay? If you have to fight after the game because you lost, you're trash. Y'all ever play pickup basketball? It's always the people who are trash at basketball who are fighting. It's never the good players who are fighting because they don't need to fight. They don't need to fight. It's always, it's always the trash players. So um, I think Michigan, most of their players were waiting to get back into the locker room after Michigan State's entire team had gone in. But a couple Michigan players didn't care. And they were just like, all right, whatever. I'm going to roll into the locker room like I usually do. Because against Penn State, people were saying, oh, Penn State, Michigan got a little scuffle, you know, going on in the locker room um, or in the tunnel, going out to the stadium, whatever, yada, yada, yada. You actually look at videos of what happened after the game. Penn State, Michigan players are like talking to each other in the tunnel, like nothing happened. Like they just, oh, yeah, we just played a football game, whatever. Let's go home. Like, and there's only one tunnel in Michigan Stadium, obviously, if you know the story I'm talking about. Like, that's the issue. There's only one tunnel for both locker rooms to get, you know, come out onto the field. At, and um, so, anyway. You know, in case you didn't see the videos, a couple of Michigan players, I think Jamone Green, who is a cornerback, um, he's also from DeSoto, Texas. Shout out DeSoto football. They're one of the best football, uh, high school football teams in DFW. That's where I'm from, Dallas, Fort Worth. Um, and then the other guy would have been, I believe it was wide receiver, uh, Andrew Anthony, who uh, he's a sophomore wide receiver. He's, he's pretty dang good. Um, so those are the two guys coming in through the tunnel. Uh, they weren't together, but they were, you know, they kind of went on their own, you know, to get back to the their Michigan locker room. And they both get assaulted by like 10 dudes, both of them. Helmets, like people like swinging helmets at them. They're just getting like, I think Andrew Anthony was getting like dragged across the ground, like punched by multi kicked. Like it was insane. Yo, Michigan State, I, I didn't have any like good opinions of them in terms of like, I didn't care about them. You know what I mean? Like, they're just another team in the Big Ten. I want to beat them every time we play them. I don't like them. I don't care about them. That's what that was my uh, going into the game thoughts about Michigan. But they're trash. I hate them now. Michigan State, my one of my least favorite teams now. Probably my probably my least favorite team. If you have to fight after you lose, you are so trash. You can't just accept your L and go to the locker room. I get it. I don't care. It's a rivalry game. I don't care. What are you doing? No, I feel like everyone's talking like, let's wait to make judgment after. You know, you know, let let the investigation. Yo, I, I get that. I agree. I agree. But also on the same on the same track, I don't care what was said on the way back to the, the locker rooms between either side. I don't care if you have to go fight someone and gang up on people because you can't just go. I mean, if Michigan State won. Are they fighting? No, they're not fighting. They, they're fighting because they lost. They're trash. I hate them. I hate Michigan State. Mel Tucker, what the hell are you doing? I know it's not on you. You weren't the one throwing punches. You weren't the one, uh, you know, but this is your team. This is how your players are going to act after they lose. You may, you may end up still being the guy at Michigan State for a long time, but, like, what the heck? Then they got – I think they have eight current dudes who are suspended indefinitely until the investigation is, like, concluded. Shoot, you know how long things take le legally. Things that go through investigations, it takes a long time. These eight dudes who got suspended from Michigan State – they probably won't play again this year. And I'm cool with that. Because they're – that's all I got to say. Michigan State, I have no respect for your football team anymore. Um, it sucks for the guys 
who were on the team who were not who are good dudes um who weren't throwing punches at michigan players it sucks for those guys too because their entire team now looks bad because of like you know a, a fraction of the team now also they weren't you know look at the videos the other michigan state players weren't doing too much to break up the fight i think some of them did maybe but there were like 10 dudes who were just throwing haymakers at these michigan dudes and these are not big michigan players these are a cornerback and a wide receiver i weigh 170 pounds these guys probably weigh like 180 190 um you know they're not very big you get attacked by 10 football dudes you're done there's nothing you can do these guys are trying to flee for their life so yeah it's terrible i thought it was ridiculous um i remember calling my dad about it like earlier this week like did you see what happened yeah that was crazy so michigan state i hope you lose every game the rest of this year um that's all i got to say about y'all uh but anyway, also, um, you know, Nebraska's playing Michigan State on the road next year, um, kind of even out. I think Nebraska's played four at home against Michigan State since 2011 when they joined the conference. This will be the fourth road game for Nebraska at Michigan State in the Big Ten Conference. So kind of even out four and four. I, I was hoping we'd get them at home, but that makes sense. Um, you know, next year is the last season of 14 teams in the Big Ten because, you know, USC and UCLA are bringing that uh, some L.A. juice in 2024. So, you know, that's happening. But I just thought I'd mention, you know, we play Michigan State next year. So then yeah, that'll be interesting. So um, moving on to the Big 12, I guess, well, before we do that, we got to mention the college football playoff rankings came out. Now, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, I think, shoot, I could pull up the rankings. But honestly, dude, Tennessee's number one. They deserve it. They beat the Alabama. All right. They deserve to be number one. They've. They have, their stats this year are offensively are similar to the stats LSU had in 2019. Very similar stats. Not quite at the level that Joe Burrow and that offense was producing, but pretty dang close. Tennessee, I think they deserve to be number one. Um, also, Ohio State, I believe, is number two. Michigan, number five. Um, now, I could get into the other rankings of who's where. But look, it's week 10. This is the first, you know, that, that we're coming up on. And this is the first play, uh, playoff rankings that have come out. A lot is going to change. Okay. Everyone's complaining. TCU is not high enough. Yada, yada, yada. I agree. But TCU, if they want to make the playoff, they got to win out. The Big 12 does not have the highest regard from the playoff voters. We know that. In 2014, when TCU and Baylor both went, uh, I believe it was 11 and 1. That was before the Big 12 had a you know conference championship game, which would have helped them. Um, you know, Baylor and TCU both went 11 and one that year and neither of them got in the playoff. You know, we've seen this. And so also TCU in 2014 killed Ole Miss and they didn't make the playoff. Then, you know, that was the Peach Bowl. They won 42 to three over Ole Miss and they didn't make the playoff that year. They probably should have. They would have been better than Oregon, who got bodied by Ohio State, would have been better than Florida State, um, who got killed by Oregon. So they probably should have made the playoff that year. Shout out TCU. They deserved it. But uh, that was 2014, so it's not 2022. It's in the past. But um, it doesn't feel that long ago, weirdly. But, uh, yeah, so moving on, college football playoff, it's going to work its way out. I think the top four teams are going to end up one through four by the time all the conference championship games are played. Um, you know, Michigan and Ohio State, they're going to settle their thing. If TCU goes undefeated, they're going to make the playoff. Looks like Tennessee-Georgia is pretty much a playoff semifinal game. If Georgia loses Tennessee, they're probably out just because of the way the SEC set up. Like Alabama's probably going to win the West. 
I'm predicting Tennessee to beat Georgia this weekend, by the way. I'm going to go ahead and do that. And I think it's going to be a Tennessee-Bama rematch in the SEC title. And that could be a, like a semifinal game as well, like de facto, if you will. So, yeah, it's going to play its way, its way out. And I think the best team, hopefully, is going to win you know national championship this year. Um, so I'm not too worried about that. I know people are complaining. Y'all, chill. There's so much that's going to play out. There's going to be upsets. There's going to be big games. A lot that's coming this weekend. So um, before we get into those games this weekend, Big 12 got a TV deal. And I love the Big 12 because I grew up in Texas. Nebraska was in the Big 12 when I was a kid. Those games were always fun to watch. Um, great conference. You know, if Texas wasn't so greedy, maybe we'd still be there. But it didn't happen. And I think it's for the better. So um, Big 12 got a new TV deal, though. They're adding UCF, Houston, BYU, Cincinnati next year in their conference. I believe they're coming out with a schedule in December for their, you know, seasons coming up. OU and Texas are staying till 2025 is the year they go to SEC, I believe. So um, they got a new TV deal. Now it looks like Big 12 TV deal. It's it's a six-year deal that runs through 2030 to 2031. And it starts um, in 2024, 2025 which would be the last year Texas and OU are in the conference. So as of, as of now, that we know now, which probably will stay put because OU doesn't have the money to leave, I don't think, until the buyout for OU to leave the Big 12, they're not going to pay that. They don't have that money. Um, Texas does, but they're going to wait for OU, obviously. So 2024 to 2023, well, uh, 2024 all the way to 2030-31, six-year deal, $2.2 380 million a year. I believe it's going to be each school making around 50 million plus per year starting in 2024. Um, now, this is not as big as the SEC or the Big Ten's TV deals, but it's number three and it's really good and it's respectable. Um, the Big 12 is here to stay. All right. And they're also looking to add Gonzaga and basketball, which is big which means I wouldn't be surprised to add another school in basketball to make it 16. Um, shoot. They may even, you know, add, try to get to 16 in football. They're, they're a legitimate conference. Um, and I think, I believe it's uh, Brent Yormark is their um, commissioner. He's doing a good job. Uh, the Pac-12, they're just looking like dumb every step of the way. If the Big 12 adds Gonzaga, the Pac-12 just looks like, well, we just missed on that opportunity. Oh, they're adding BYU. They missed out on that opportunity. You missed out on an opportunity to bring Utah and BYU together in your conference because you want to add a religious school, Pac-12. All right. TCU and Baylor were probably interested in joining the Pac-12 uh, when Texas and OU left, but because they have religious um, pasts, I don't know if they still are religious at all, um, but because they were in the past, the Pac-12 doesn't want to consider them. So, look, the Pac-12 is looking dumb, and that, now they're going to be the Pac-10 again. And then, you know, Arizona, Arizona State are, you know, looking over the Big 12 like this, like, yo, you want to add us real quick? So, uh, <laughs> Utah, too, and Colorado, the Big 12 can do whatever they want now. Love the Big 12. And then number three, they're going to be let, making sure the Big 10 SEC get it, keep it together because they're coming, right? Um, ACC, you know, the, the last Power Five that I haven't mentioned, um, you know, they're, they're holding it down. They're having a good year in football, I think. They're not on, the, you know, top level, but – what carries them is they have a lot of good fan bases out there. Not everyone, but a lot of good fan bases in the ACC and the basketball carries. So, you know, that's kind of the power dynamic here with the power five going forward. Obviously the big 10 SEC are the top with all the money they're making 
in the coming years with TV deals. So um, that's enough of that. But let's do before we preview all the, you know, I'm gonna do a little pick 'em of all the college football games uh, this weekend. Before we do that, got to preview Nebraska Minnesota. So excited for this game this weekend. I went to Nebraska Minnesota last year actually. Um, road trip with some friends. That was a lot of fun. Um, even though we lost. <laughs> surprise right <laughs> but um excited for the game this weekend i enjoy playing minnesota it's it's a regional game they're not too far away from lincoln and um it's turned into a little rivalry and there's also a rivalry trophy at stake but we just never win it because we haven't beat them since like 2018 when i was a freshman in college back then in my last semester right now um looking to graduate here in december at unl so that's exciting i'll get into more of that stuff later no future but uh, Nebraska, Minnesota, so preview this game. Oh, Ibrahim is having a good year. I think he's over – shoot, I should have looked at the stats. I believe he has 1,000 yards already this season. And um, it's going to be similar to Chase Brown. I mean, Chase Brown dropped 150 on us, had a rushing touchdown and a reception touchdown. And so Mo Ibrahim is not as much of a you know, threat out of the backfield catching the ball, but he's going to run the damn ball all over us. I mean, he's going to drop probably like 140 on us. And that's fine because if we can just limit everything else that they do, maybe we'll have a chance on defense because their O-line's massive. Mo Ibrahim's good. Their backup running backs, Trey Potts and Bryce Williams are both solid runners. Um, Brevin Spanford is a, you know, just as big as Travis Vokalek at tight end. He's a big guy. Uh, we got to watch out for him. Minnesota has a couple of receivers who are good. I believe Ottman Bell is still out with an injury. He's a fifth-year senior for them. But they got other guys who can play, like Daniel Jackson, Dylan Wright. They got some other guys who can catch the ball at the back, uh, I don't know, catch the ball at wide out. And so, you know, they like the, you know, the little you know, fake handoff slant pass to their wide receivers. They've been doing that for years, and so that's kind of hurt us at times. Minnesota is going to be tough. I mean, they are a better football team than us right now based on what they've done, you know where they are health-wise with their team. They're a little better than us right now. So they should beat us. But if um, we can start either Casey Thompson or Logan's mother's a QB, I have faith that we could win this game. We need to establish the run game. Okay, the last couple of years, you know, we lost to Minnesota. We didn't establish much of a run game. And then that was it. By the time Minnesota was able to, you know, stop us, stop our run game, we weren't able to do anything else after that. That's, that's what we've seen the last three years that we've played them. And we, I mean, we established a run against them in last year, but they knew Adrian was, I think Adrian was injured a little bit in that game, wasn't able to run very much. And they figured that out. And then we were screwed. So um, this year we, you know, our passing game is better because we got Trey Palmer, but we can not turn over like we did against Illinois. We're going to have to establish Anthony Grant or we're not winning. That's it. Minnesota beat Rutgers 31-0 last week. Um, was not much of a contest. As you saw, I mean, we only beat Rutgers by one point. So it, it looks like Minnesota is probably going to beat us. But you never know what's going to happen in college football. Um, now, Minnesota's pass rush is not that good as, you know, compared to Illinois. So we'll have a chance. But we're probably not going to win this one. Um, I'm going to go ahead and predict that we win this one in overtime. <laughs> Because we're not winning in regulation. I just don't see it, man. I don't see us being able to pull this one out. I mean, college football can be crazy, but Minnesota should win. If we start Chubba Purdy at quarterback, we're losing. That's my prediction. Depends who we start at QB. If we start Casey, I think he's too injured. I, think, I don't think we'll win that. But if we start Logan, 
and we're able to run the ball, run the damn ball, I'll give us a chance against Minnesota. So that's what I got to say about that game. I know I just went, I kind of repeated myself like three, four times there, but uh, that's what I think there. So my pick is going to be based upon the starting QB. So I don't know that yet, but I think Minnesota will win probably, but you know, I'm a Nebraska fan. So anyway, uh, moving on to the rest of the games this weekend. Hey, it's Thursday right now that I'm recording tonight. We got Appalachian state and coastal Carolina playing on the surf turf in Conway, South Carolina. Um, every time I say the word Carolina, y'all hear my Texas accent come out because it's usually not very heard, but cause uh, if I say y'all or Carolina, you'll hear it. But other than that, you won't really hear that. I, uh, grew up in Texas. My accent kind of went away, but you know, coastal Carolina, one of my favorite football teams, their triple option is amazing. It's like a pistol shotgun. Look, every time I'm picking them to beat Appalachian state tonight. So I'm excited about that game. I'm going to watch it for sure. Um, Oregon State plays at Washington uh, tomorrow night. That's Friday night. I'm picking Oregon State to win that because I kind of like their team. Their uniforms are nice. I think Washington's is a pretty good team as well. It could go either way. I think it's going to be a really close game. But I'm picking Oregon State because I think that they have a really good uh, run game with uh, Damian Martinez and Deshaun Fenwick. I'm picking them to win that one. Uh, that's going to be played in Seattle. Texas Tech's playing at TCU. Texas Tech got wrecked last weekend against, shoot, who was it? Was that Baylor? Yeah, they lost to Baylor. I think it was like 45-17. I know they were starting a new quarterback in Baron Morton, but Texas Tech, solid football team. But TCU is probably the best team in the Big 12 right now. Um, they are the best, best team in the Big 12 right now. I'm not even going to try to probably list anything. No, they are the best team in the Big 12. 8-0. TCU is going to win this game handedly. Their running game's good. They got really fast wide receivers. I love TCU this year. Um, shows, I mean, they were a really talented team last year. They've been a talented team every single year. I just think eventually um, people on the team, TCU players, were just kind of burnt out of Gary Patterson. He built them into what they were. You know, he was there since like 2004 or something. But it may have even been longer than that. But uh, I think, you know, kind of got, they kind of got burnt out of Gary there. He's an, he's an old head coach, just like Bo Pelini, you know. So didn't work out uh, in the long run. But they've always been talented. TCU's been talented since they were in the Mountain West with Andy Dalton. Like, they've been talented. So TCU, not surprised. Every time I look at their roster, I'm like, they are stacked. They're in Fort Worth, Texas. They can pick whoever they want talent-wise in that area. So – um, and even even if they get the second pick, it's still better than whatever Nebraska's getting. <laughs> or you ever look at Iowa's offense? <laughs> nah, but um, TCU is going to win that. I know I just went off on a tangent about TCU, but I, I really enjoy seeing them play. Um, Florida at AM this weekend. Shoot, I haven't done too much on this. I think Florida's going to win again, though. I don't think AM doesn't have a quarterback. And Florida does. Now, Florida isn't a big passing offense, but Anthony Richardson can run, man. I think Florida's going to win a close game here at AM. Um, sucks for AM because I think they are a really talented team. They're just young. They need a better coach or coaching staff. I don't know which. And they don't have a quarterback who's legit right now. And so I pick in Florida to win that. Baylor at Oklahoma is also happening this weekend. I think both teams are four and three. I saw they're playing on ESPN. Plus. Like, Yo, this is why Oklahoma and Texas are leaving the Big 12. 
that TV deal, ESPN Plus, they got to pay to watch the game. Man, couldn't be Nebraska anymore. So, anyway, um, Baylor to Oklahoma. I'm going to pick Baylor because I think they're a little bit better on both sides of the ball right now. Oklahoma is a pretty similar team, though. I think they've turned things around a little bit ever since they got wrecked by Texas. But I'm going to pick Baylor to win this. Should be close, though. Um, Tennessee at Georgia. I'm picking Tennessee because I'm just not that impressed with Georgia's quarterback, um, Bennett. Not that, I mean, he's 25 years old. I learned that this week. Dude, what? What? You're still playing quarterback in college? You're 25? I'm tired of you. Get out of here. Let's go, Tennessee. I'm picking them to win that game. Um, I believe college game day will be there. One versus three. I mean, Tennessee's number one, Georgia three. That's going to be awesome. Um, moving on, Penn State at Indiana. This is just a boring game to look at on the paper because it's like Indiana, mid to bottom tier, Big Ten team. Penn State, you know, come, uh, they're not going to win anything big this year. Um, they'll, they'll make a bowl game. Penn State's going to win that, in my opinion. Not really going to get into that too much. Uh, Michigan State at Illinois. Illinois, please kill them. That's all I got to say. Uh, they should win. So, yeah. Oklahoma State at Kansas. Um, I believe Jalen Daniels is still out for Kansas. Maybe he makes his return this week against Oklahoma State. They're coming off getting wrecked by Kansas State, 48-0. Um, so, you know, Kansas is now playing Oklahoma State. Kansas at home, of course. Um, I'm going to pick Kansas to win now because it's, it's about time. I think this Kansas team is, is decent this year, as we've seen from their, you know, how they started out 5-0. and whether or not Jalen Daniels or Jason Bean starting at QB for Kansas, they should beat Oklahoma State based on what we've seen recently from Oklahoma State. They look burnt out against Kansas State. And so um, I think, hey, I'm picking Kansas this weekend. Oklahoma State is more talented, but Kansas can run the damn ball as well. Um, Syracuse at Pitt. as Yeah, Syracuse at Pitt this weekend. Um, haven't put a ton of thought into this. But I think Syracuse is also a bit burnt out from, you know, the games they've had this season. They had a good start to their season. Could have been still undefeated um, two weeks ago to beat Clemson. But I think they got a little bit lucky here and there. I'm thinking Pitt to win this one at home. I think Syracuse uh, still is, is going to need some time to pull together. I know they lost. Excuse me. I know Syracuse lost last weekend as well. So, hey, I'm picking Pitt over in that game. Liberty at Arkansas. This is a fun one because Liberty's still an independent team. And I know they're going Conference USA next year, but um, Arkansas is a you know middle of the pack SEC team. I think that they, you know, being at home and being a bigger team physically than Liberty is gonna is gonna do it. You know, um, Arkansas is gonna win this game. It's gonna be because of the run game. So picking Arkansas on this one. Tulane at Tulsa. I mean, Tulane's ranked, what is it, like 18, 19? Tulsa is a talented team on offense. And I believe they're three and four or three and five right now. The, the American Conference, it's kind of like the Big 12. Everyone just beats each other up. And then, you know, you see what happens. They're pretty decent in the bowls. But I'm going to pick Tulane in this one. I think it should be close, but Tulane's going to win. Talent is similar with these two teams, but Tulane, I really like them this year. They beat Kansas State earlier as well in September. So Tulane's going to win that one. Alabama at LSU. 
I should have put more into this game just preview-wise because it's going to be awesome. They're playing in Baton Rouge. It's going to be electric, a night game, CBS. Um, Alabama and LSU, who am I picking? I'm going to go with Alabama because I think they're – Alabama, Bryce Young, they're just good, man. They're going to find a way to win over LSU. I don't think Brian Kelly is quite – he has his team turned around at LSU, that's for sure, after what we saw week one. But I don't think that they're quite going to beat Bama yet. I, I think it's a little soon for them to pull that one off here. Um, going to go with Bama to win that. Texas at Kansas State. Every week I look at Kansas State play, I look at them on paper and I'm like, eh, not that impressed. But they're good. They're 6-2. and two, And Kansas State. I think based upon what they've done this year, I think they should be Texas. I mean, it's at home, but for some reason, my gut's telling me like Texas run game is going to be present. It's going to be there. Bijan Robinson, Roshan Johnson, you name it. And I think Texas coming off a of bye week is going to win this game at Kansas State. That's my pick. I think it'll be close. And Will Howard is the better passer in this offense at quarterback if they keep him at QB against Texas, which they may do based upon what we saw last week. Adrian may have run packages. I know he's battled injuries this year. But I'm picking Texas. I may regret that, though. Um, we got Houston, SMU. This is the last year of this rivalry between Houston and SMU. Obviously, SMU's in Dallas, one of the teams I root for being that I grew up there. Um, now – Houston's going to Big 12. So this is the last matchup they were going to have for a while. Um, I'm picking SMU, though. I think they're a little bit more impressive on offense. And they've, they've kind of had their uh, Houston's number in this rivalry game in the past, you know, five, six years. So picking SMU, uh, BYU at Boise State is a fun little regional rivalry. And BYU looks like they're collapsing right now. I mean, they lost to Liberty last weekend. Um, or was it last weekend or two weekends ago? I can't remember. Not going to try to look it up because I'm on a roll right now. So BYU at BYU, uh, excuse me, BYU at Boise State. I'm picking Boise State. I think it'll be close. But I think Boise State's a little bit better based upon what they've been able to do in the Mountain West. Um, BYU started the season hot, but they're not doing it right now. Um, Clemson at Notre Dame. I really, usually I would say I want Notre Dame to upset, you know, a team that I think is a little overrated in Clemson. But I don't like Notre Dame. I don't think that they have anyone on offense who's that exciting. I think SMA is fun, uh, fun at running back. But that's it. They're kind of boring besides that on offense. I don't really like Notre Dame. I don't, dis I don't hate them, but I'm just like, Notre Dame, they don't do anything. They don't do anything ever. They never win a big game unless it's like beating Clemson in 2020 and then doing nothing after that. They never win a big bowl game. That's the problem. So Notre Dame, get out of here. Clemson, please win. Um, I hope Clemson loses later in the season. but. Notre Dame's not that good. Michigan and Rutgers, why even put this on the screen? I don't know. But um, Rutgers, they gave Michigan trouble last year. I think Rutgers is a little bit worse on offense this year, unfortunately, and that's the problem. So Michigan should blow them out. But I don't be surprised if Rutgers weirdly makes it close. Arizona at Utah. Utah's improved this year. Excuse me. Arizona has improved a lot this year. I didn't expect them to be North Dakota State. I didn't expect them to be, a, you know, more than three wins. Um, but they look like they're going to get there. 
And Utah, a little bit disappointed this year with how they've done because they lost to Florida and UCLA. They did beat USC, which was great. But um, Utah, they should win this game comfortably. It's at home. They're always good at home. James Madison at Louisville is a sneaky game because James Madison's already having a good year in their first year in the FBS. But if you saw what Louisville did at Wake Forest last weekend, yeah, they killed Wake Forest. They caused like eight turnovers. It was amazing. Um, Louisville is going to win that game. Now we got a rivalry. Florida State at Miami. Both teams are underwhelming this year. Miami squeaked out one against Virginia in like four overtimes last week. And if you watch the highlights, there was absolutely no way Virginia should have lost. Virginia did everything in their power to find a way to lose that game. It was unbelievable. Like, they'd get a big play on a drive and have the ball at, like, the three-yard line, and then they wouldn't score at all. Like, it was terrible. So, um, yeah, Miami was lucky to win last week. Florida State at Miami. I think that I'm going to go with. Florida State because Miami's crowd only shows up one game a year and that's at you no know, that's Florida State but it doesn't matter like they don't really show up at all they have some of the most boring fan base because they only show up if Miami's good and that's how they haven't been good in state to win this one over Miami it should be a close game though it's a rivalry um Auburn at what Mississippi State excuse me Auburn at Mississippi State now it's kind of it's like a Underwhelming Auburn team, you know, playing middle of the pack SEC team, Mississippi State, right? Mississippi State's going to win, though. Auburn's coming off firing their head coach. Um, Why well, is this? Brian, Brian Harson? they fired him. Um, this a couple days ago, right, right after they had their you know, recent loss. So that, that was coming as well. It's just a matter of time they were going to fire him, in my opinion. So they got it out of the way, but Mississippi State – should win by two or more scores, in my opinion. I think they got a solid football team, even though they don't show up against Bama ever. Uh, Wake Forest at NC State. I think Wake Forest has a – they have a rebound game. They played terrible at Louisville last week, but I think Wake Forest is a more talented team. NC State, they're good, but I think Wake Forest has a rebound game. They win this one. And then UCLA at Arizona State, eh. I think it would be sneaky close, sneaky close this game. But I'm still picking UCLA because Dorian Thompson-Robinson is just better than whatever Arizona State has, even though I really like Arizona State's running back, Xavier Valaday. Uh, he was at Wyoming last year. Um, and then last one on my list, Cal at USC. I really shouldn't even put this up there, but, you know, it's one of the last times they're going to play in conference, and um, USC is going to win because Cal's not that good. So simple as that. And, that's you know, that, those are my picks for – uh, this coming weekend in college football. Uh, looking forward to the Nebraska game. I will show up to that uh, in person because it's in Lincoln. I'm going to bike to the game. Um, I run the damn ball hat kind of broke. So that's why I haven't been wearing it recently. I got a backup hat, but I, I look like Daffy Duck with just the style of that hat. So I don't wear it. <laughs> but um, shoot, I mean, this was the first, I think it's the first time I've done the run the damn ball podcast solo. I mean, it is just me. If you ever been paying attention, it's just me. Uh, no one else comes on here um, unless it's me and someone else, right? So why did I say it that way? That was weird. But, you know, uh, anyway, I'm looking forward to this weekend's game. If Nebraska can make it close in the fourth quarter, they'll have a chance. Simple as that. And, uh, you know, it'd be a lot of momentum going down the back stretch because if we don't win this game, there's no way we're going to a bowl, even though we'll be three and six, because we're not beating Michigan. 
unless you know unless it's it's just not happening. If we don't beat Minnesota, there's no way we beat Michigan or Wisconsin, in my opinion. So that's where we're at. And I'm not going to get into the coaching rumors for Nebraska because there's just too much that I, there's too much that we don't know. I've heard Matt Rule. I've heard Lane Kiffin. I've heard Dave Aranda. Um, I've seen sources deny Kiffin or Aranda that being a legitimate option, but I think those are still options. Um, Mickey Joseph, of course, you know, he's in the discussion. I'm not going to get into my opinions yet. I want to think it's going to happen. I think it's too early. So who knows? But that's all I got today. Thanks for listening. This has been Daniel Magnuson. Run the damn ball this weekend against Minnesota. We have to, or we're losing. That's it. Thanks for listening.